Hello and welcome to the Daily Homily with Father Kevin Drew. Father Drew is the pastor of St. Anne's Church in Excelsior Springs, Missouri. Father Drew's Daily Mass can be heard weekdays at 11 Central on Catholic Radio Network Channel Gabriel 2. And now, here's Father Drew. A reading from the beginning of the Book of Wisdom. Love, justice, you who judge the earth. Think of the Lord in goodness and seek him in integrity of heart because he is found by those who test him not and he manifests himself to those who do not disbelieve him. For perverse counsels separate a man from God and his power, but to the proof rebukes the foolhardy because into a soul that plots evil wisdom enters not nor dwells she in a body under debt of sin. But the Holy Spirit of discipline flees deceit and withdraws from senseless counsels. And when injustice occurs, it is rebuked. For wisdom is a kindly spirit, yet she acquits not the blasphemer of his guilty lips, because God is the witness of his inmost self and the sure observer of his heart and the listener to his tongue. For the spirit of the Lord fills the world, is all-embracing, and knows what man says. The word of the Lord. Guide me, Lord, along the everlasting way. O Lord, you have probed me, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I stand. You understand my thoughts from afar, my journeys and my rest. You scrutinize with all my ways. You are familiar. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know the whole of it. Behind me and before me, you hem me in and rest your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit, from your presence? Where can I flee? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I sink to the netherworld, you are present there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall guide me, and your right hand hold me fast. The Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, Things that cause sin will inevitably occur, but woe to the one through whom they occur. It would be better for him if a millstone were put around his neck and he be thrown into the sea than for him to cause one of these little ones to sin. Be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he wrongs you seven times in one day and returns to you seven times saying, I am sorry, you should forgive him. And the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you would say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. The Gospel of the Lord. It would be better for him if a millstone were put around his neck and he'd be thrown into the sea. In ancient times, people were actually punished to death by having a millstone placed over their head and thrown into the sea to drown. The weight of the water and the stone made it impossible to escape. This kind of death, embarrassing and disgraceful, was inflicted on the worst kind of criminals. And that is what Christ called those who caused others to sin. The worst kind of criminals, especially if they caused little ones to sin. Christ was very clear with his graphic millstone analogy. Hell awaits those who give scandal and do not repent. For no one with a millstone around his neck can swim to the top. His home forever will be in a sea of fire. 
Living as we do in an age of unbelief, when the creature exalts himself over the creator, talk of hell has become quite out of fashion. It's interesting, I replaced a modern, up-to-date act of contrition in the confessional with a time-tested traditional one. It mentions dreading the loss of heaven and the pains of hell. When some penitents have gotten to the pains of hell part, they pause, and then they skip over it. <laughs> I suppose someone has taught them that fearing hell is not a good, healthy thing to do. That does not make hell go away, though, does it? Fearing hell due to sin demonstrates an immature faith and imperfect contrition. But it's a start, is it not? In reciting the act of contrition after the penitent states fearing the loss of heaven and the pains of hell, he states, but most of all, because they offend thee, my God, who are all good and deserving of all my love. The 16th century Council of Trent, in answer to heresies that had arisen in regard to sin and redemption, stated, If anyone saith that the fear of hell, whereby by grieving for our sins we flee unto the mercy of God, or refrain from sinning, is a sin, or make sinners worse, let him be anathema. Let him be Anathema, meaning cast out, cut off. And that is what Christ warned would happen to those who caused scandal. He warned that eternal capital punishment awaited them. And that makes sense. Scandal is a grave sin because it is one thing for a person to send himself to hell. It is quite another thing if through his scandal, he takes others with him. And so Christ gave a very urgent warning, be on your guard. And his warning applies especially to those in authority, teachers, religious leaders, and politicians. The Catholic Catechism states, anyone who uses the power at his disposal in such a way that it leads others to do wrong becomes guilty of scandal and is responsible for the evil that he is directly or indirectly encouraged. Woe to these leaders then who lead others into sin. Woe to politicians who claim to be Catholic, who give lip service to Christ while serving another master. And woe to priests and bishops who give scandal with their silence while so many Members of their flock entrusted to their care are flung off the ship into hell. The things that cause sin will inevitably occur. Christ said so. That doesn't make the situation hopeless. We just need faith the size of a mustard seed. Christ said so. Christ, who to save us from hell, died the most embarrassing and disgraceful death, the kind inflicted on the worst kind of criminals. He took our sins and put them on his back, and he gives you the opportunity to cooperate in the process at the holy sacrifice of Mass. He tells you, take the millstone of sin off your neck and throw it into the sea, then put a cross on your back and come up with me to Calvary, where sin and death is conquered. 